You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. We have had an awesome morning this morning, man, for a long weekend. We keep using that as an excuse, but forget that. Church is on fire. We had an unreal morning this morning. I wish we could almost do like cross-video snippets of what's happening between the two congregations because part of this special season that we're in is that Really what, what we're doing, we're almost stitching two different congregations together now as we have the same message across both services and God just showed up in, in an amazing way. We had our, um, we had our, fi- our founding senior pastor popped in this morning. Can you believe that? Um, Jay Bassick, that's a name that would be foreign to about 90% of those that are here tonight, uh, which is so vitally important because he left me with a parting gift and it's sitting on my desk. I've got to use this down the track, but it's... Uh, it's a framed old school 80s frame, which I thought is going to go perfectly in my office. Um, but this old school 80s frame of this letter from the council that was written to the church. And it said, uh, thank you for your recent uh, DA, your recent application. Uh, you know, we wish to advise that uh, you will never build a church on this site. And I, was, and I was just in worship there. I'm singing, our God is able. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know who they were messing with. And, um, and I thought, oh, that, that song just, that really had a different feel to me tonight as, as I looked at that letter. And I think a great thing for us as a church as well as a young adult, a lot of young adults here tonight, a lot of us here in recent times is just for us as we come into this vision season to just grab a sense of the foundation and the hard work and the sacrifice and the faith that it took those before us to give us what we have here tonight. And I think, man, what if that letter went the wrong way? How many people wouldn't have been baptised in this baptistry? How many people wouldn't have found Jesus Christ? How many people wouldn't have heard about God? And so um, we're the Church of Jesus Christ. You know, stuff is happening. We are unstoppable, but that hasn't come without sacrifice. So all that's part of our story. We are tonight finishing off a season of wisdom. I said when it came, we've been pre- I've been preaching on wisdom for four weeks. If you're just joining us, and uh, as I said, I'm I'm I don't have any wisdom. I'm just a male boy. So I've just been delivering it out of the Bible, and so we've, we've looked at what wisdom was. Wisdom was been, being competent with the complex realities of life. Uh, wisdom was knowing what to do. It's, it's when it's, it, wisdom was to be able to make the right decision when there are multiple right decisions. Uh, wisdom was knowing how to make the right decision when 90% of life's contexts are where the rules don't apply, Right? There's no rule for how to deal with all the various complexities of life. So we've been travelling through that, and I love these panel nights because it's a great way for us to get a sense of what we've been learning, but more importantly, some of the insights that have popped out of this series. So enough from me tonight. I've done enough talking. We're going to hear from others tonight. So we've got a great panel tonight. Why don't you give them a big round of applause as we welcome up Nick and Carmen and Neri and Jesse. Why don't we give them a round, round of applause? Oh, they're so enthusiastic. Come on. What time, what time is it? Is it anyone got a watch on? 6.52. I thought maybe people are checking into their iPhones with the grand final. What time does that start? 7.20. All right, let's get this show on the road. <laughs> oh, wisdom. Yeah, wisdom's knowing how to finish up before the grand final. Um, hey, thanks for being part of our panel tonight. You guys... Um, 
uh, either sort of been part of connection groups or leading groups um, for a couple of you. So really value you guys being a part of all. Nick, I heard you shifted stuff around just to be here tonight for us, man. So we'll keep that on the download just between you and I. It's all good. So we really appreciate it. I guess the first question out of all of this is um, really what was people's initial impressions at group two talking about wisdom? What were people thinking? I'll go first. Yeah, yeah, you can. You I can have just a jump microphone. in. Yep. So, um, I think for our group, um, I think it was like, oh yeah, cool wisdom. Yep, <laughs> we know, we know what that is. We've got it, or at least we think we've got it. And <laughs> it was like, yep, we'll talk about this. But um, I think that over the weeks, we kind of realised it's a little bit more to wisdom than we had anticipated. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing is when you think of wisdom, um, you immediately think of your wisdom or your individual wisdom, mm. how that affects people or yourself mm. or whatever. Um, but like as we went through the series, worked out how that affects our community yeah. um, and how wisdom can be seen through through a group. Or whatever. Yeah, that's great. Because um, it was funny, we were seeing in, in Proverbs 3, right, it says, though it might cost you everything you've got, get this, get this stuff. Don't get anything else, get wisdom. Do you, Nick, I guess starting with you, man, do you see people around us actively seeking this out? You know, well, what's what's the pattern you see out there in the world? Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think so necessarily. Mm. Generally, mm. Um, I think people seek knowledge, yeah. um, and I think that's possibly because we're we're fairly self-serving sort of people, where um, we can get knowledge and look good. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I guess we can be wise and look good, but. Um, but I think people don't don't see it in that way. Yeah. I think wisdom um, can can help people or, or help you through making tough decisions. But I think people generally try to achieve knowledge or mm. um, yeah yeah focus on that rather than wisdom. Yeah, because I said too, didn't I? That knowledge is knowledge is knowing that tomatoes are fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in the fruit salad, right? <laughs> um, and you know we're also learning that um, that. Wisdom, wisdom's not automatic. So you know you can have a, people say, "Oh, that young person is wise beyond their years," and then we can also also see older people who are really quite foolish. Um, so wisdom is not automatic, but it is attainable. Um, what's that dynamic look like for you? Is this series? I don't know. Have, has this series caught you off guard? Has it has it been a process in terms of now where you're starting to think about? that dynamic between just having knowledge and developing wisdom now? What's I've always been really wise. <laughs> <laughs> so for me... Yeah, yeah no, I don't know. Um, I, I think it's always good to look at wisdom mm. um, because I don't think anyone is ultimately wise except God. And I think it's a good way for us to focus on how great God is and how wise God is and that there's someone greater than us and mm. that we can all, there's always someone to go to or, or lean on or, or rely on um, and I think that's um, a way of gaining wisdom too, acknowledging that and I think that's the next question yeah that's good that's good because uh, that you know that was week one you know, what it was what is wisdom it's um, it's insight into the complex realities of life it's been able to put the stuff into the right buckets and then week two we moving into how we get that. And we, we learnt there that our approach to wisdom is key, right? Like our, our approach 
to how we, we get it is absolutely fundamental because the Bible describes the foolish person as someone who tries to conform reality to themselves. And the wise person is the opposite. They try and conform themselves to God's realities. So we sort of looked at how that happens. Carmen, from your side, um, have you seen that dynamic play out? You're in, you're in the business world. You'd see some interesting people around you. And yep. Yeah, definitely. I see it yeah, at work in my friends who don't know Jesus I think it's really a symptom of our iPhone, iSelf, iPad, <laughs> I, I, I society that we um, are measuring stickers ourselves. So we tend to make decisions about what feels good or what other people say or what we think we know. But but really, like myself as as a Christian, um, you know, looking to God as as my reality, looking to God as my measuring stick when I'm making decisions. It almost takes the pressure off because um, it, you know, and we'll probably talk about that in a in a bit. But you know, knowing that God's got the ultimate plan for me, for my family, um, for for my friends, um, it takes the pressure off worrying about every single decision. But mm. I think um, one of the things that you um, you spoke about was that you know, getting wisdom takes time mm. and it's those little decisions and if we seeking God on those little decisions, then um, he is the centre of everything. Yeah, great point. Because I said it's a painstakingly slow mm. process, right? It's slow burn. It's the millions of micro decisions. What do you think the tensions are in the world, you know, this quick fix, yeah. five-step guide world that we live in today? What are, the, what are the tensions around that, even for Christians and particularly yeah. young Christians? Yeah. Absolutely, the microwave society, you know, everyone, everything's quick. And I know for myself, I'm such a control freak. I'm such an action person. Like, even in a meeting, we're talking and talking, and I'm like, okay, guys, what are we going to do? Let's, let's do something about this. Let's stop talking about it. And um, I think it's hard when um, we, we want to, you know, put things in place and make things happen when, when sometimes God's got a bigger plan. And I've really seen that in my life um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean mm. not on your understanding, has been my verse for mm. many years. My um, family and I moved from South Africa when I was 16. You know, my life was sorted. I had a plan and then suddenly it was all taken away from me and moving here and then um, everything in life, um, looking to God um, to help me in decisions but realising that it takes time. And I feel like... I'm still learning that, like the whole trust in the Lord with all your heart. I thought I had it, but then God's reminded me recently in, in some decisions I've been making with work is that it's all a process and it takes time. And we think we've got it, and then God's like, nah, you don't have it. You're still learning this, or you need to look to me because you've been yeah, distracted with the quick fixes. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's slow burn. It's the wrestle with... What do you conform to, God's reality or the world's reality, which sounds a bit like into the wild, doesn't it? And drastic. We should have heard from drastic all the crew up there. So uh, that was part of the how. Off the back of that as well, uh, we, we learned that uh, fundamentally in terms of getting wisdom, that, uh, that character is fundamental to all of that process. And we're going to get to that in a second. But um, fundamental to getting wisdom is to be able to ruthlessly self-examine yourself, you know, to grasp who you are. But in order to grasp who you are, you've got to grasp the love of God. Because if you don't grasp the love of God, then you're always going to want to deny or avoid looking at who you are, right? 
You don't want to look at all the junk, and so unless you've sort of sent it in yourself. Neri, what sort of insights came from your group in terms of this grasping the love of God, peace, and wrestles with that, and tensions with that? I think what was highlighted um, during that particular uh, Tuesday night was that we don't actually really mm. grasp the love of God. We talk about it and we talk about how, yeah, God loves me and, um, you know, I just need to rely on him and all that kind of stuff. But really we don't fully comprehend, even even if we look to the cross and we look at God's, you know, love hugely on display there, mm. we still it still doesn't resonate in every single um, moment of life. You mm. have those big God moments, those big moments of like, yeah, I really feel like God loves me and or he's taking care of me in this way or in that way. But... Um, you know, if we, you know, bring it back to wisdom, wisdom is, is in those little decisions. So mm. are we feeling and knowing we're grounded in God's love in those little decisions as well? Yeah, because yeah, I, I was going to was... say, like, do we, do we really selflessly, you know, um, ruthlessly self-examine or, you know, what, what sort of things might hold us back? Um, yeah, I don't think that we do. <laughs> we don't do it nowhere near enough is what we should. Mm. Um, and I think what holds us back is fear because... If we self-examine, then we have to actually get real with ourselves and real with what's going on with past hurts, current hurts and, um, you know, dreams that we even ultimately, we might dream that, but we don't think God's actually going to fulfill it. And so mm. if we self-examine, then we have to come to grips with our fallenness and, um, and our disappointments in God. And that's hard. That's a hard thing to deal with. Mm. And then to work through and move on from. So it's a lot easier to just go, oh, we'll just bury that. God, you didn't deliver on that or I didn't see you moving that, so we'll just bury that and I'll just forget that I'm actually really hurt over it mm. or that I'm really disappointed or I don't understand why you did that. Um, so that self-examination, whilst very painful, um, ultimately helps us learn from those decisions, learn from those experiences, learn from that um, those broken dreams mm. or heartache, and from that we gain wisdom. Mm. That's great. Um, that, yeah, that how that how piece yeah, is that that slow burn of that grasping of yeah of, of God and feeling how messy this whole process is. Right, it's a little less clinical than a twenty minute sermon, isn't it? And I don't know if you guys are feeling the same. The wrestles that we still go through as Christians in trying to nut this sort of stuff out when, yeah, I love hearing your disappointments in God and, and why didn't you deliver on this and uh, coming to grips with our fall, flaws and our fallenness. But, um, yeah, but love too, that, uh, that opportunity for us to rejoice in the way that he can shift that and shape us in all of that, which I guess leads to that week that we then had on character because week three was really about the source of wisdom and surprisingly we said that the source of wisdom was not some little fountain of knowledge uh, out in the library somewhere, but it was actually in character, which was a weird way to look at it. Uh, but we said that uh, character, wisdom is seated in character, seated like a knee, like the knee seats the tibia and the femur. So in other words, um, wisdom, is in, if it's seated in sound character, that's what gives us the power and the alignment to make consistently wise decisions, right? So... Off the back of that, then I go to you, man, Jesse. This is Jesse. Um, <laughs> off the back of that, you know, I was saying that uh, that we seem to be in a world where we prioritise personality over character. I don't know if you guys agree, but we prior- we prioritise personality over character. So, oh, he's a dynamic person. Oh, she's likable. You know, they're fun. 
uh, and so we tend to prioritise that over character. Uh, what was what was your group's reaction to this as as you guys were trying to thrash all that out? What are your or what are your observations? Yeah, we really just sort of wrestled it out and were talking about what does it look like to be an outward person or a sort of inward person. So we were talking about in the workplace, everyone wants you to have that outward personality, but God's actually after the inward character, and it was just that wrestle for our group of going, what does it look like to be a person of who has a great personality but like no character, or someone actually has an an amazing character, then the overflow of that is an actual good mm. personality. So I think one of our group's sort of big wrestles was discerning between um, when you, you, look, you look at someone, you sort of automatically judge them, you put them in the box, and you normally judge them on the outward appearance, their personality, what they look like, but actually going, no, who does God think of who this person is, and actually taking a different sort of stance mm. to that. Mm. And so for you, yeah, what's, what do you see as that significance, that why we should be developing character as the fundamental source of wisdom. Yeah, I think for me it's just, yeah, for every decision we make, it's just if, it, if we've actually worked on our character and going deeper with God, then the overflow of that will actually be a healthy decision. For example, you know, in the Bible it talks about in the Gospels that the overflow of the heart is what the mouth speaks. Sorry, mm-hmm. the, um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah basically, yeah. i got the tongue. Yeah, yeah. But basically just talking about what does it actually look like to make decisions that honour God in everything we do and to actually mm. live and make healthy and wise choices because it's so often that we face the deci- we face the decision and there's sort of two parts to take. It's either what the world wants us to do, what God wants us to do, and more often than not, we actually conform to the world rather than actually honouring God. And we talked about this at Drastic, didn't we, guys? We talked about what does it look like to actually rebel against the world and actually follow God and be a rebel for God. So mm, That's great. And it was really fascinating too. Um, one of the guys in the morning service, he, um, he's been in investment banking for 30 something years. And, uh, and he said, the question, this question made him reflect. He said that he deals in investment banking with a heck of a lot of personalities. And I could sort of imagine that. And he said, what he realized is it's very difficult to trust someone on the basis of personality. And I thought that was, that was quite profound in what he reflected then. It's difficult to trust someone on the basis of personality. And the overflow for us as a church, that the implication was, is that um, so much of church and community and God and, and I guess effectively conveying God as well is on the basis of trust. Is this person genuine? Do they live what they say? Uh, often isn't that the question that uh, our, our non-Christian friends are always secretly asking us is, you know, do, do these guys align with what they're saying here? Can I trust this God stuff to really work? And, and ironically, it's not going to be through our, our words or even just certain actions for us. It's going to be through the character that emerges. What is the character of Northside Community Church rather than the personality? So, yeah, fascinating sort of twist on it all. Um, Carmen, coming back to you, week, week four, we got into, that was a real trick. That was a tricky one because that sort of got down to where we can talk about what is wisdom and how you get it and where it's sourced. And it's all very theological. And then the, the fourth week, we just finished off in really talking about the wrestle between, you know, what happens when your plans don't match God's plans. Mm. And, and in that, I talked about uh, the dynamic called analysis paralysis. I don't know, have you guys ever had analysis paralysis? Yeah, well, you overthink so much, you're just paralysed. Have you ever, have you ever suffered from analysis paralysis? And not just once, but many times. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, a, a bit of bit about me. I'm one of those people who thinks too much. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> I um, I enjoy thinking. I studied psychology because I want to understand how the mind works. I want to understand where our human behaviours come from. 
And and I think that's, yeah, there's been many times when I've been um, almost paralysed by um, there's so many choices in life and so many decisions to make. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then I wrestle with it and I think about it and I actually, I get so stressed because I feel like, um, I feel like I need to make the right decision at the right time. And recently it's been... Um, Real, it's a couple of situations I can think of recently. It's been really um, evident for me. I've been um, looking for a new job. Um, feel like it's time to take a step um, into something different. And um, I've had, really had to think back and, and or st- take a step back and think, oh, what do I want to do now? I've been in the same company doing kind of the same role for, in, for the last four years. And now what, what do I want to do? So I started the whole job hunt, um, talked to a couple of recruiters, and suddenly this whole world of options opened up to me. Mm. And it, it was almost, it, it was that moment of fear of, oh my gosh, there's so many choices. Um, and I remember when, when I was in HSE and I studied uni and, and then I got to um, my, finished my undergrad and I was in the same moment where I was like, do I do my master's in psychology or do I get a job? And same like turning point that either way I'm sure God could have used, um, but it was that, that fear of choosing. And so recently um, it's been really interesting because I thought, you know, the perfect job for me would be um, a six-month contract doing change management where I got more money and uh, it's more flexibility and getting married in March, so then it would be perfect, like, you know, work till then and then um, kind of find a new job. And then, like, I actually went to an interview and, and got the job the next day and I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. And then suddenly God gave me this new opportunity, totally left field, and I was like, God, what are you you doing? I thought this is what we wanted. I thought this is what you wanted what I wanted. And then I I really felt like God saying, like, maybe that's not the right thing. Maybe you were too focused on, I don't know, earning more money or kind of doing what feels right, but maybe I've got a better plan. So Mm. out of nowhere, he's opened this door to this other opportunity and been for three interviews, and I still don't know whether I got the job or not, and it's really... um, Again, that analysis, like, did I say the right thing? Did I not say the right thing? But long story short, um, yes, um, analysis paralysis is a really bad place to be in. <laughs> but um, my, my biggest learning is that God knows best. And um, even though when I don't see it, God is moving and I can trust in him. He's been faithful so many times with moving my family here, with providing jobs previously, with leading us to this church. God has been faithful. And if you focus on that, then knowing that God's plan is better than than our plan. So it's tough, but just taking a step back and resting in God and trusting. And I still don't have it sorted, but God's (laughs) teaching me. Anyone relate to that? Yeah. Yeah. It's... um... Yeah, it's tricky, eh? And that, that, what I'm loving about this is, is the real-life stories that we've been talking about almost the sermon illustrations. You know, how do you make the decision when it seems like there, there's multiple right decisions, right? That's what we're all uh, wrestling through. Guys, I'm putting you all on the spot now in terms of, I guess, um, the, the bigger picture in, in jumping out to the helicopter view again in all of this. But um, what sort of... What sort of observations or insights came out of your group time just in the sharing in regards to, I guess, the significance of wisdom and our season at Northside here in this transition and new season? Any reflections from the crew or yeah, questions, un- uncertainty, stuff that we're wrestling with? 
I think for some of our guys, it was really what does it look like to have to make wise decisions, but to make them like a reflex. So to actually, whenever you're faced with a decision, to actually have wisdom as a reflex. And it was mm. just that there's so many opportunities we have to either make a decision and going, how do I actually work out what it means to be, you know, wise and follow God's way, and then that to be a reflex. Because it's so easy when you know you're up against it and you're on the end of your rope, or you know something's just annoying you, or you kick your toe, or whatever happens, and you know, something pops out or you say something or you act in a certain way or you think a certain thing and actually what does it mean for wisdom and wise choices to be a reflex? Yeah, that's great. So it's just that overflow. That's cool. Yeah. Nick? I think in this season in the church, I think it's, it's been good to see the, um, the patience, the, the patience in moving forward, I guess, mm. um, and letting, letting that wisdom or giving the opportunity to make wise decisions. I yeah. Guess. Like seeking wise counsel and... and and um, leaving things to God, praying and 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 looking at the Word, and then and then having a bunch of right decisions, yeah. um, and just giving that time to be able to to be wise in what which right decision to choose. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear because it's been a lot of the heart we're at, and I say this to our night service where a lot of us are a bit younger is is to say you know our our temptation right is to run ahead of God and come on let's let's solve all the world's problems now straight away and let's do it and all of this stuff's going to emerge immediately for us but it was great to hear that word patience it's been a big heart of mine for us is to say how do we hold that tension where we're excited about new vision and what God's doing but we're not running too quick in all of this it's really cool yeah um so I guess, look, final, final question, because grand final is not far off, and that's where we're all at, right? Go the doggies. Um, the uh, fi- final question in all of this is, um, this whole series, you know, is, has there been an insight, I guess, in answer to the question about looking back in this whole, whole series, um, what, what either challenged your group or affirmed your group or opened up a doorway for more exploration in this area. So of all the things that we learnt through, was there something that either challenged your group or affirmed you or, or has opened up something a little bit more? Any final thoughts around that, Neri? I think um, the most recent study that we did, uh, which is still playing on my mind, uh, we really wrestled around that whole Macbeth and McFly. <laughs> loved your Macbeth, loved it. Um, but that concept of, you know, is God, um, you know, are we just kind of being strung along? God's got everything planned out, and that's it. We don't. Our decisions don't matter, or do our decisions really determine? Mm. So that um, created a lot of discussion in our group, right. and also around the concept of Plan B. So, you know, we go here, God. Here's my plans. Here's my. Here's here's what I think we should do, and it's great. And thank you for delivering on that. And then, oh, hang on, you've thrown something in there. But but when we come to that point of going, all right, God, this is what I want to do and giving him those plans, mm. um, we're having that plan B in the back pocket. Yeah. And we had this really great discussion around, well, you know, what, what actually constitutes a plan B? What does that actually look like mm. versus um, other just opportunities that pop up and, and things like that? So yeah. we've had a really, um, really great discussion around those two points, that kind of predestination side of things yeah. and the submission of your will mm. to God's will and, and yeah, the That's tensions great. around that. That's great. That's cool. Any other final thoughts? I think, I think just to follow on from that, um, that key verse about submit all your ways to God and he will make your path straight. Mm. That Again, one of the discussions that we had is that um, when making decisions, not just you know, make a plan and, or make a decision and then give it to God, but actually you know, God is with us, he loves us, as we talked about. You know, take that 
take God with you through that whole decision-making process from the moment you have a decision. And, and sometimes it's hard when it's a reflex. But I think when we, as you mentioned, when we took in the, in the Bible and we're praising and we're worshipping, then um, it's a lot easier to kind of take God on that journey with us mm. every step of the way. Yeah, that's cool. Just one other thing I wanted to add. So, yeah. Um, Look at this revelation. The whole right like here. plan thing. Come into me. It's something that for me personally that I've been thinking a lot about over the last few weeks, particularly around wisdom and that whole Macbeth McFly thing is that um, resting in the fact that God has a plan for me. Mm. Like there is actually a plan for me. There's a plan for Jesse. There's mm. a plan for Sam. There's a plan for Carmen. There's a plan. For, like there's a, a plan for all of us. And I think that we just hear that and we just let it wash over us. Mm. And we go, oh, I've got to make all these big decisions and it's all on my own, that kind of stuff. And it's going, no, God actually has a plan for you mm. and that, as you said, it's 100% you and it's 100% God participating in that plan. Yeah, um, so we need to humble ourselves before God in order to receive what that plan is, but also find great peace mm. and joy and rest in the fact that there is a plan mm. for you. Yeah, so. That's great. That's cool. What a way to finish, eh? It's been, has that been cool? Yeah, it's great. I just love these nights and, and getting some of this insight and just want to thank you guys heaps for uh, wrestling through and sharing a bit of your heart with uh, yeah, what, what has been challenging but also affirming in, in the whole process and just blessing us with some of that insight. And, uh, and so can we give them a round of applause? Let me, uh, let me pray for you. Um, Father, thank you for... Um, uh, for these guys and for just the insights that have flown, uh, just flown out of them tonight, Heavenly Father. And we, we know really what has been happening here is this precious dynamic that you talked about, Lord Jesus, where you, you said you're going, to give, you're going to give us your Holy Spirit and you're going to take what is yours and you're going to make it known to us. And so, um, Father, we dare to believe that you, it's been you that's been teaching and preaching to us tonight through the insights uh, of these guys here on the panel. And so I just pray for everyone in this room tonight that... Uh, if there just be one seed, uh, one seed that is sown from the insights that have come out of this, if there just be one seed that is so, has been sown into the hearts of people here throughout this series, that Heavenly Father, you would take that and you would grow that and you would flourish that, that we, that we would be a church of character, not personality, for example. Um, but Father, that something precious and, and something special and something spiritual and something invisible is happening radically in the in this place that as each and every one of us that call this place home as we as we dare to submit all our ways to you heavenly father and yet make those decisions in and amongst it that something um, precious and unique and, and destined for us is emerging not just individually but as a church and so I'm, I'm praying for us all here tonight i'm praying for us as a nighttime congregation too that word patience Father, we would have the patience to just um, continue to seek you out and, and to see the way that you are already moving amongst us as we seek new vision for this place. And that we build, be building the right things in this place. That it not be just about lights and building the music and all that sort of stuff. And that is vitally important. It's part of our mission here. But Father, more importantly, deep beneath the surface, that because each of us that call ourselves yours would dare to believe uh, that you are doing a work in and through us, that we would go out of this place tonight, that we would pick one thing and we begin to chip away at wisdom. And so, um, Lord, we leave the rest up to you. We leave it to you um, to grow this place in the invisible ways.
And from that, Father, we pray that there might be a mighty overflow, that there might be a community that's attractive and wonderful, and friends and family members and co-workers have never heard that message of Jesus Christ, not because we preached it to them, but because we lived it. And so we pray this now in your mighty name. Amen.